0: Welcome to the Teacher Nerds Podcast. Joe and Ron are self-proclaimed teacher nerds geeking out on all things education. They are looking to move educational practices out of the 1900s factory worker model to a student-driven classroom full of empathetic, creative, and collaborative students willing to take risks. Join them as they chat with educators from around the world discussing educational tools, techniques, ideas, policies, and much more. Thank you for listening and becoming one of the Teacher Nerds. And now, a word from a sponsor. On this episode of the Teacher Nerds podcast, Joe and Ron chat with returning guest Kyle Nemus, Education Innovation Lead at Quizzes. Kyle is also the co-founder of Classroom Q and My EdTech Bundle. Listen in as Kyle shares about some of the awesome features in quizzes and how you can get a premium quizzes trial. Buckle up and get ready to learn with Kyle Nemes. And now, let's get into the show. Have you heard about the nerds
1: what's the word teaching nerds you can tweet them out on twitter you can find them on the gram after listening to their podcast you'd be sitting there like bam trying to take the teaching from one level to the next reaching up to canada and down to mexico gotta go teaching nerds
0: the show. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Teacher Nerds Podcast. I'm Ron Nober. I'm Joe DiPaolo. I am a technology teacher for third grade to eighth grade. And I teach fifth grade. And today we have a returning guest. Kyle, I think this is your fourth time back, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. So it's uh, Kyle Nemus.
1: Uh, welcome back, Kyle. Yeah, I rose this four times. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> And you were one of the earlier guests as well. Yeah. There we go. You
0: might have been one of our, one of our first or second like guests on the show, which is pretty awesome.
2: That is awesome.:
0: So Kyle's going to be talking to us a little <laughs> bit about all his you know stuff with UDL and his new role in education coming up. Um, but we're going to start off with our, our little icebreaker of this or that. And we're going to be talking. This episode is going to be airing in October. So we're going to talk about this or that pumpkin spice flavored anything or not.
1: All that, we're playing this. All that, playing this. All that on the Teacher Nerds podcast show. All that, is it this? All that, is it this? for that on the teacher nerds podcast joe do you want to start us off and then we'll go to kyle yeah Ryan, i'll start this one i'm passionate (laughs) Uh hard no on this Uh i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna pass that pumpkin spice latte pass that pumpkin spice coffee um unless we're talking about pumpkin pie on thanksgiving uh i'm a i'm a hard no on the pumpkin spice (laughs) all right kyle what about you
2: yeah. I, c- I think I couldn't be more opposite than you. I feel like, even, even now as we're filming in August, I was telling my wife, cause she makes a bunch of recipes. And I was like, Hey Steph, I was like, people are putting out pumpkin spice stuff. I was like, come on, let's, let's go. Like I, I would love a pumpkin spice donut today. Um, but I do think a lot of it is a little bit sweet, but besides the, you know, the sweetness of it all, no, I'm very much a pumpkin spice guy. I think I would have it all year long.
0: So I know your, your wife puts out like amazing recipes on Instagram. What's, what's her Instagram so people can you know, check them out. I mean, her stuff is my mouth waters as I'm going through <laughs> it in my Instagram feed sometimes.
2: Um, thanks. Yeah. I mean, mine does too. I was saying that I get to be a taste tester. So she, her whole, her whole stick, if you will, is taking like uh sweet desserts and stuff like that. Only healthifying them, which is like less sugar and usually less gluten and more protein, that kind of thing. So her, her handle, sure. I'll share it is, um, healthy, just the word healthy. And then it's H O L M E. So it's healthy home, but there's an L like, The original goal was healthy holistic home that's where the name came from so now it's just healthy h-o-l-m-e but yeah that'd be cool
0: yeah yeah i mean her her stuff is amazing i I always blueberries are like my thing and she has those blueberry donuts that she puts out of you know the recipe for always has my mouth watering (laughs) um all right so for me like i like pumpkin spice it coming out in august doesn't fit like Mm. in i'll take it in october (laughs) For a little bit, but I, I can't do like it's too hot to be tasting anything pumpkin spice.
1: For the true pumpkin spicers, I guess, are are ready by August. My son works. My son works at Starbucks, and Starbucks just got for their employees. I forget what he called it, but it's the pumpkin spice for employees only. <laughs> So they can start tasting it um, and getting into it themselves. And it says specifically, it says there's sticker, not for resale, but people come through and they're like, hey, I know it's not on the menu yet, but do you have anything that I could sample? Do you have anything? And I guess that's the true, the true hardcore pumpkin spicers. Oh, that's they're, good to know. Yeah, they're out there in August. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Starbucks fan? Sure, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: We're going to pause for a second to take a little break, but we'll be back in a moment. Would you like to hear your educational book, platform, or program advertised in this spot? With the Teacher Nerd Sponsorship Program, that could happen. You can be featured on the show and help us continue to bring great content to the podcast. We offer three levels of sponsorship, including commercials voiced and produced by one of the Teacher Nerds as well as links listed on our sponsor's webpage. Visit teachernerds.com backslash sponsorship to check out some sample commercials and more information. And remember, that's Nerds with a Z. And now back to the show. Uh, All right. So tell us about what what you're doing now in education. You've had a little bit of a shift yeah
2: it's funny i feel like if i've been on here this many times it's almost like i've had three different roles in the last couple of <laughs> years so i probably had different role almost every time so i was a science teacher for 12 years and then i was a tech coach supporting two middle schools for three years which was a really amazing role um and then unfortunately due to budget cuts they all got cut and i was back teaching science last year which again wasn't bad my school is awesome the kids are great but very long story short i was ready for my next adventure so, I was not unhappy. Now, I know a lot of teachers are kind of leaving right now, and I wasn't one of those like, get me out of here people. I was more of the like, I think I'm ready for my next adventure. So, I reached out to like just a couple tools that I really, if they were um, hiring, I would be absolutely willing to work for them because I could stand behind them. So, I reached out to quizzes, happened to be one of those tools, and just by a little bit of luck, I suppose that they were right in the spot where because they've been expanding so much and growing that they really needed someone to kind of be a liaison between quizzes and the teachers to really make sure that mm-hmm. we keep on growing to meet the teachers' needs and listen to people, and which is, of course, like I mean that sounds like a phenomenal job and it has been. Um so now I'm technically my title is educator innovation lead, but like head of community, I just my job is to, support teachers and the best I can which goes kind of along with what we were saying before is so one of the things we just said is like we're going to talk a little bit about quizzes um, and some of the stuff is free and some is paid so I was saying that like let's give some of your listeners some free access for a little bit to hopefully explore some of this throughout the beginning of the year so at the end of the episode we'll we'll make sure that we, we tell them exactly how to do that. So stay tuned, but we'll definitely tell you how to give you a couple months of that free access. But that's, that's my job. I get to be like the, the good guy all the time. I'm just like, here, learn this. Thanks for being awesome. Here's some free stuff. It's pretty great.
0: You are the happy, like Santa Claus. You <laughs> <around> You're <laughs> I, I
2: am, which
1: is not a bad job.
0: Yeah. Um, and thank you for, for being willing to
1: share out some, uh, some, some free t- swag, man, some, yeah, some awesome. time on quizzes. That's great. Sure. Uh, well, um, and you also have classroom Q, right? Like, I don't want uh, to, oh. you know, like yeah. that's such an awesome tool to throw that out there. Hats off to that. I use that every year, man, from uh, for the past couple of years. Uh, I don't know oh. if we were there from the ground floor, but I know we were there pretty for the past couple of years at least. And that's a huge, huge shift in, in what I think the whole classroom dynamics ran during, like, for me, small group instruction for sure. Um, but also during our maker time, so it wasn't just a hundred kids shouting out, "Hey, I need this! Hey, I need this!" So yeah, that was you know. I want to throw them a shout out as well. Classroom Q. Thanks.
2: Yeah, it's so funny. Even so, Classroom Q for those listening who don't know is like a digital hand raising tool, and we also have I have another side project, my Ed Tech bundle, which we give away free. Like it's almost like it, all those coupon sites that are out there, we collected all the best, like free three months a year, two months a year, to a lot of the big tools. So, um, I figured I'll at least mention that. But the classroom queue thing, um, Joe, we had the one of the most interesting emails this morning. So, obviously, we're geared towards teachers, but we had an email from an Icelandic tour guide who's nothing in education. And he was like, I love classroom queue because I use it on my tours, uh, for people to like, I guess, like ask questions and stuff like that. So, isn't that such an
0: interesting use case? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> well, it is. It's, it's really when you think about it, it, it does come down to being a versatile tool. Like I've used it in like a, I think we had 70 students during the pandemic mm-hmm. on a zoom. And we used it for them to buzz in for a game show. And it was awesome. Perfect. Like it, it, yeah. it worked absolutely perfectly. They could buzz in. I knew who buzzed in first, cleared the board. And it, it went again. It was it was great. And Seventy students. It was amazing that it it worked so flawlessly for that many many kids
1: at one time. Yeah. I forgot about EdTech bundle. You got a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. Yeah, but I love it. I Good love it you. new
2: adventures yeah. and challenges and experiments. All
0: right. So one of the, the other things you do because you don't really have enough going on with kids and you know all that is you run an ed tech madness bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, how many years have you done that now? Uh, four years. Okay. And so it's it's just like a March Madness bracket, right?
2: That's it. Maybe idea, but it's
0: our March Madness, but.
2: <laughs> yes, a bracket for
0: ed tech tools. Oh, right. Yeah,
2: it, I started four years ago and it's kind of small. In the last two years, it exploded into like, I think every, each last two years, we had overall like 20,000 teacher votes. And, but it's just, oh. it was, It was, I get so into it because I just love seeing the results because it's truly organic, right? I feel like every time you read anything, there's always like, all right, who wrote this? What's bias? Like, what's the, what's the catch? You know what I mean? And this is just like, hey, teachers, what's your favorite tool? Like, just, let's just put it to a vote. And then it's, people get really into it. There's a little bit of healthy smack talk I love.
1: (laughs) I love, I love the comments. We're like, I can't believe this. Like, my, I when we video goes out early i'm like i love we video how is that going out but i guess yeah there's those masses of people that one thing over another and i mean if it was you know if every march madness pool went the way people thought carolina would be winning everything it wouldn't be fair <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah and that's what's cool too is that all four years we've had a different winner every single year it's been this last year in particular It was the same finals. It was quizzes versus Nearpod in the finals. um, But Nearpod won this year and quizzes won last year. So even that is just exciting.
0: That's cool. So what were the the final four last year? So the final four voted on by
2: all these teachers, um, from narrow down to 16 to four, end up being, um, Ed puzzle, Nearpod. Quizzes and Canva, which was new to the bracket because we didn't include them because technically they weren't really education, but they very much kind of I, get, I think gotten into the education space in the last couple of years. Um, so they also made it to the final four.
0: Yeah, that that was, and that's definitely why I use. I use Canva a lot. You know, it, it's I found it to be a really uh, user friendly for setting up classrooms and and things and collaborating. You know, I was
1: using Canva this morning for designing two posters for my new classroom now ron uh there you go that i'm hoping to did, print out soon did you see the, the free print thing joe it's tomorrow i oh no i saw um they were when you know you were saying it really wasn't for teachers i i was seeing now you can sign up for a free trial like canva teams for teachers or something or canva teams where you would be working together but i didn't see
2: so I know the listeners are going to miss this, but hopefully it'll come out again. But Canva has been free for teachers for the last couple of years. As long as you sign up and then you you prove you're a teacher, you're, you're completely free. But coming out tomorrow, I think it's just tomorrow, like a 24-hour period, it's like a free $25 voucher to print some posters for your classroom too. Oh, um, So again, people are going to miss that, but hopefully that'll come out again soon. But either way, it's cool that Canva is very much, again, like supporting teachers in a whole bunch of different
1: ways. Yeah, that's great. I did not know that.
0: So Kyle, one of your other passions that, you know, we we've spoken to a few times on is UDL. Could you explain like, first of all, what, you know, just as a kind of refresher for listeners, like what is UDL? What do you see the benefits? And then maybe some, some different ways, and maybe we can talk about the final four in relation to the UDL. Um, so yeah, just remind our listeners about it.
2: Yeah. So UDL, for those who don't know, um, we said we did a podcast i don't remember how many years ago now maybe a year or two ago and we really did a deep dive so if you are interested i would listen to that i think it was i think we did a really nice job summing it up um and also katie novak is phenomenal at udl but what it is in the simplest form it's the idea of oftentimes in a classroom with 20 something 30 people it's really hard to reach every single learner that's just like almost an impossible task and udl makes that task a little bit easier because it helps you reach, the, we always say the students in the margin, the ones who are maybe need a little faster, need some more supports, things like that. So it, it, if you're listening right now, you never heard of it, you're probably like, isn't that just differentiation? It's the same idea. So it has the same goal as differentiation. That's usually how I talk about it, where you're just trying to make sure that you meet the needs of all your learners. But the main difference between differentiation and UDL is who ultimately decides what they're going to do so by that i mean a lot of times in differentiation the teacher has decided hey you guys are in this group or you get this special test or you get to do this it's a lot of the teacher saying you get this and you get this whereas udl is more of like what could be good for one is good for all so you still put out supports that could be good for all the different people but it's a lot more student ownership and they have the option to choose this and choose that, which I think just goes a long way because students owning their choices goes a long way, but also it differs from day to day. Like sometimes you might need this, or sometimes you might need this support depending on the lesson or the day. So in a nutshell, it's it's kind of like differentiation with a lot more student ownership.
0: And it, I just, I was just looking, it's episode 19 and 21. We had you on just talking UDL. We had part one and part two. And I always remember, like when you were explaining it in one of those episodes, and it always sticks with me. You talked about like closed captioning on TV, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, as like an example where there are people who really need closed captioning because they're hard of hearing or, or they may be deaf. But there are times where I definitely will watch a show, especially if it's like based in like Britain and some of the the accents. I know they're speaking English, but I need the closed captioning on to be able to catch up. You know, so I have that ability.
2: I love that example because again, to go, not to say anything bad about differentiation, but to use that example of his differentiation, it would be like the TV company is saying, okay, only people who have hearing loss are allowed to have closed captioning. We'll make sure you get it. And you have to watch that with closed captioning. Like it just seems like such a ridiculous thing, but that's kind of parallel to sometimes what we do in the classroom when we force people to do what we think is best for them.
0: Yeah. And so what. I mean, can you explain maybe a touch a little more like what what do you see as the benefits for the the student and maybe even the teacher in, in yeah. with the UDL model?
2: So I, th- I think the benefit of the, the student, like I said, goes to they can choose it. Um, and it's I think from a teaching point of view, it puts a lot of pressure on you to always know exactly where what people need at all times. And I always use the most simple example of like putting a highlighter out on the desks in case you're doing some sort of whatever notes or research and um, this is again, I guess, assuming that people are writing things down instead of typing, but, um, and then people can use a highlighter or not use a highlighter and like that seems so ridiculous and small. Um, but it, it just, it lets you just kind of put the right stuff out there as a teacher and then the students can choose it so it just makes your life a little bit easier. And I know we always talk about this too, is it seems like it could be overwhelming, like putting out all these different options, but that's not what it has to be. Even like, actually, might as well talk about Canva. We said we might touch on the final four and how they do it, but like using like Canva, right? Like, hey, students, we're going to design a poster on Canva. And you might be like, how does that have to do with the UDL? But then if you're saying to students, like, okay, like you can choose your font, you can choose the color, you can choose the background, which again, is so simple, but them having choice in what they want to do in any capacity is going to help motivate them and support them and things like that. So it doesn't need to be this crazy kind of process.
0: And I get, could you even say like, giving the student the choice between traditional note-taking or sketch noting mm-hmm. like is a, is a UDL kind of thing, right? Like they can, you, you don't want to be the one yeah. to t- this is how you have to take notes. You know, I know like Joe and I, when we go to a conference, I'm furiously typing bullet notes and Joe's over there sketch noting, but we're both getting the same information, you know, just in two different forms.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a mentality shift, though, isn't it? I feel like a lot of times it's hard to give up that control because, like, having kids do things different. So, you just said, like, if if you can have that mentality of, like, I don't really care how you get there, you know what I mean? Like, whatever's best for you, let's get to the same spot together. Like, that whole mentality shift, and then things just kind of fall into place when kids are like, Can I do this? And you're like, I guess that gets to the same goal. So, sure, let's try it. And the example I like to always throw out there, and I'm sure I did on one of the episodes, was like um, review games. And so a lot of times, like we'll do these review games I don't know, using GimKit or quizzes or Kahoot or BlueKit. And we're going to be like, all right, all, we're all going to play this review game because it's so fun. Get ready to have the best time of your life. And a lot of times the kids do love them. And that's why they are. But there's, all, at least for me, there's always like two or three students who are like, I don't want to play these like high intensity review games. It gives me anxiety. My heart pounds. and. I just don't like, so, so I would say to them, okay, like, do you want to just review on your own or with a friend using your notebook? And they say, sure. So like 80% of the class would play this game and these couple kids would just review on their own. But I think a lot of times we're like, no, 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 come on, come on, play. It's going to be fun. We're all doing it. Like, you know what I mean? Like you need to do it. And then it's not fun for them. So again, just having that mentality of like, do they really need to do this? They're still making the same goal of reviewing for the, the quiz. So just little things like that, I
1: think are important to keep in mind. you're right it is a whole different mentality shift and it's it's almost like going you know being from so close-minded like i'm i don't want to say the authority but i'm the adult in the room so i know what's best and to Mm -hmm. you know i think you know what's best if you've made relationships with those kids you understand the kids and maybe know what they like then you could say it to homework too like you got to do this homework well do you really need to do the homework you know if you're if you if you're able to do the classwork or is this the homework you really need? You know, so maybe for your homework. But I, I guess that's all. You know, what I've learned from special ed: if it's going to help one kid and it, it falls right in line with you, and if they want it, great. If you don't want it, that's your choice. And then I think they start to buy in and to the ownership of their learning, and I think get into it a little more as opposed to just sitting there listening from the guy in front of the room who I may or may not like yeah I think it all starts with those relationships, and if you build the relationships with the kids, like you'll start to understand maybe what they want and the avenues you could take um to help them address what they need um and then they take ownership in it and almost enjoy coming to class because it's not just someone in front of the room telling them what they need to learn, you know, having a hand in it I think makes it more personal
0: and i think I, I think we can also probably from the <clears throat> with the pandemic I think Kids are a little bit more aware of what they may need because they've had to kind of meet some of their own needs, or you know, you know, do things a little bit on their own. So maybe you do have a generation now who of students coming in who who do know that this works for me, this doesn't work for me, and that could definitely help in, in UD. Yeah,
2: and it's it's a big shift for sure. Again, we can end up talking. This can end up being episode three. We can go on forever about it, but I will say if you if you decide to kind of give it a go i think an important piece of this is the honest conversation with the students and saying to them like we're going to let you have some choice and kind of like gradual choice but then a big piece for me was always the reflective piece like after every assessment like even a little quiz or whatever i did every week and a half or so there was always that question that said like list the choices you made this week that worked out well for you and list the choices that you made that maybe didn't work out for well for you to continue that like you made choices. Did they work? Which ones are you going to make next time? Like they need they need a lot of help with that process. It's not going to be as simple as hey, pick what you want. It's all going to go fine. Like it definitely is a process. But I would say if you decide to try it, just make sure you have something where they reflect on their own learning and their choices because again, it keeps the ownership and they get better and better
1: at making those choices. And then I think that helps you as the teacher. I know I you know when I would reflect, I didn't necessarily do in third grade. I was always had the time or made the time, especially being there with the kids all day to discuss, you know, what do you think went well today? Um, What didn't go well today? And then it helps me on my prep times, you know, if the kid's not into videos, then don't waste your time going for videos, um, finding those other avenues to make available. Um, Mm. And I, I, but I think it's going to boil back to relationships. Let's talk about some tools
0: for UDL and and maybe we can go with what, you know those tools that were in the final four: Nearpod, quizzes, Canva. You already addressed, and Ed Puzzle. Joe, you you were talking earlier about a great example with Ed Puzzle with a student you had last year.
1: So, so I would use Ed Puzzle as an avenue, and and the one student in particular, at, through our conversations, you know, he he didn't like the Ed Puzzle um, avenues because it, when he would get something wrong, it wouldn't there wouldn't an explanation wouldn't come after it so that would really frustrate him um but ed puzzle was a great f- place for at least me to start to find pre-made videos if i don't have time to do things on my own find concepts that are geared to curriculum on teaching based at the level of the students that i have and it is enable a quick way for me to assign an opportunity for a student to learn about something and get a quick view of did they understand that <clears throat> if they did and they went on to the next activity and the next activity bombed, you know, where, where in the process did the learning not occur? So I think that's a, a real good place to start if you're looking for opportunities for the kids to learn a topic.
0: And I think you, you had said you even gave a student a clipboard right? oh, at, well, at the beginning of the day who was, you know, I guess maybe was, I don't know whether he was bored
1: or just wanted to do his thing he was i think it was a combination and in third grade we're starting i think my mic is acting up you sound fine here okay so in third grade we're starting introducing multiplication this kid was already multiplying with two digit numbers two digit by one digit number so finding him you know what i was thinking was grade level appropriate instructions on This is how you would multiply three digits by two digits. This is how you would do long division. So at the beginning of the day in third grade, he comes in with a reading activity on a clipboard and avenues to take it. He could read it on his own. There's clips of me reading it um, on YouTube. So there's all these different avenues, but he knew at the end of the day, I needed to get X, Y, and Z done. Once all that was finished, then there was time to, Uh, we had Legos in in the room and the kid loved to build Legos. So we had an engineering Lego activity where he would come up with an idea, build something. And then Kyle, you were talking about the reflective piece afterwards. What could I do if I had X, Y, and Z? And it was just really a great opportunity because from the beginning of the year, it was always a struggle. How can we get this kid to behave? How can we get this kid to do what he's supposed to do? And after a while, it started to click on it. Like, He wanted to do what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. And he was able to do the work. So we allowed him to do it. We challenged him. And by the end of the year, the kid was thriving. And if, you know, I didn't have, I guess, that open mind, you know, it's great to give them that clipboard to say, this is what we need you to get done. And then to have it, those opportunities, I know you talked about before, Kyle, like the early finishers and, you know, maybe getting them into then their passion projects or he got your work done. I challenged you now, you know, in, in third grade, you're doing fifth grade, long division, you know, kid go at it. What are you passionate about? What do you want to do? And i tell you what he was the most, he would never write. And at times it was great. And at times he didn't get work done, but he wasn't a disturbance to the other kids. So, you know, the day went on But when he did finally put something together, he thought he was being kind of like a wise guy and put this great story together in writing based on topics we were doing in science. Uh, When we were talking about magnets and pushes and pulls and the forces, he wrote this huge fairy tale about Magnum the Magnus or Magnum the Magnet. And it was just (laughs) like, I was like, you know, it stinks. You know, it stinks, buddy. And he looked at me and goes, what, my writing? I said no the writing's awesome what stinks is that the fact it took you eight months to produce something when you could have been doing this all along i said this is why i push you this is what i thought and he, he was a great kid and and he's like i know i know i know and, and i said i know you could do it i said that's why it stinks that when i have to grade you on everything and i have to score things i score you at a one but i know you know this is amazing and i Kyle, so I just moved to fifth grade, so I'm assuming I'm going to see the kid in two years Mm -hmm. again, Um, and Mm -hmm. I have that piece of writing in my filing cabinet ready, and and when he Mm -hmm. sees me in fifth grade, I'll be teaching math and science, so it won't be, like, (laughs) scored on, right, but I want to save that and be like, look, look at this awesome piece of writing, and my hope is that, you know, he'll continue to get teachers that are open-minded and can see, like, the kid's amazing and the kid's smart, but there's so much baggage sometimes that they're dealing with when they come, like UDL is the way to be like, look, I'm not going to put you in a box, but I do want to be able to see what you know. Um, And I think that's the greatest avenue to be able to give them that, Mm -hmm. um, to have some success in the classroom, you know, and that's, so that's how we use that puzzle as an avenue for them to understand the concept, but then have something quick to be like, okay, they got it. They can now move on to the next, you know, with, with one quick glance on the screen, you could see if they got the concept. So I thought that was helpful because it made it easy to check.
2: Yeah, and I think if I'm gonna just kind of elaborate on the Edpuzzle UDL versus just like in general video, I think like video is such an important avenue sometimes for students because of the UDL, it's built right into it. And by that, I mean, I think they have this Puzzle where like there's a feature you can change the speed at which you would like to get the video, um, you can rewind and rewatch things if you need to rewatch them. So like, even though you might be giving the exact same video, the exact same to all the kids, hypothetically, even just doing that, what's going to probably happen naturally is that as long as you're going to coach them and tell them like experiment, turn on closed captioning, change the speed. Like when you zone out, rewind, like just like coaching them through that. And then you'll look around the room and like every student is actually accessing the video differently, which is again one of the reasons I love videos for just UDL.
0: And I think that's a good point. like it's, it's one it's video, but everybody can use it differently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, is, is another good, you know, good example.
1: It is really amazing to watch. I mean, I did it with eight-year-olds and it's, it's amazing to sit back and watch each of them, you know, at a different spot and start to learn to take notes and, and, and you try and explain that it back to school night, why it looks so different. And,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it does look different because it's better. And, you know not that video is the always the way to go but as you know so determined on what type of learner the individual is so what about nearpod kyle as like a udl tool so nearpod is kind of i mean
2: there's a couple ways you can use it but especially in the way that is the self-paced way where you can send it to, to students to go at their own pace so that in itself again anytime that students can choose the pace they go at and want to access the lesson and the Nearpod has a whole bunch of different ways that you can either present information or that students can show the information to you. Like when you get into UDL, that's one of the main things is like giving choices about how they show you the information, giving choice about how they access the information and giving choices about just in general topics and interest things and, and things like that. So I think it does a nice job of allowing you to kind of present the information differently and also access feedback and allow them to share in a whole bunch of different ways. It's, it's a cool platform.
0: And now I guess on to the one that you are You know the most about quizzes. So like, you know, can you give us a little bit about how quizzes can be used in the UDL classroom? Sure.
2: So I'm going to tell you that the reason that if you use quizzes, or I guess let's pretend you've never heard of quizzes. Quizzes became really popular in the last couple of years because what it did right off the bat, and again, I'm not going to mention any other tools because we shouldn't be doing that, but there were certain tools that were reviewed that were very speed based. Hey, answer the question quickly, you get points, and you're the winner. And that didn't really work for a lot of students. So what quizzes kind of came in and did and said, like, all right, let's do the same thing. We can gamify, we can make it fun, but you move at your own pace. There's no, you don't, there's not necessarily going to be, uh, school high schooler, if you're the fastest one because we know this because you an- can answer a question quickly doesn't necessarily mean that you know the most material out of anyone in the class so right off the bat that's kind of was the foundation of why it took off i think was because it allows students to move at their own pace um as opposed to having it be extremely speed-based and then since then it's kind of evolved and again i can go on and on, and on. so i'll just tell you a couple things and you tell me if you want me to elaborate but it's been really cool because now it's beyond multiple choice it used to just be multiple choice questions but now there's different modalities that students can share again their information so some questions are multiple choice but then we also now recently added video and audio questions so if you want students they can respond in audio or respond in video and so to really go along with the udl theme i think what i would do is i'd probably ask a question let's just say the question i had in my example was like you know explain why friction is so important or some sort of open-ended question right and then you can have it as an open-ended question where students can type it to you but then i would say um, or in the next slide if you want to just say why friction is so important to you in an audio way you can do that too so just having those different question options and you're allowing kids to answer in different ways i, I love it so much because again of the udl piece of that and there's other stuff too like for every single question there's a little button where it can be read aloud to you um, if you need that which again could be used for all sorts of different purposes, right? English ELL students or just younger students. And there's all sorts of kind of different ways like that, that it's really geared towards like making sure that people can access it the way that makes sense for them. So that's the very short version. And again, we can model whatever you want to model, but I don't know, I, I just think it's important to know, oh, I'm going to show you, I'm just going to tell you one more that I love too. Um, and then I promise we can just um, go, <laughs> go, or I can model. All right. So this is one of the features that I love is that normal kind of situation which you can ask your question and this is like a multiple select multiple choice so they can choose multiple answers but something such a simple UDL component is this idea where you just simply record yourself asking the question so even though we have read aloud which is great sometimes you can't beat the teacher themselves reading it to the students and then you'll hear here I included like a little like hey remember so just you know I'll play this for you and which states mm-hmm. touch the atlantic ocean Remember, the Atlantic Ocean is on the East Coast. (laughs) Again, maybe not my best uh, teacher voice, but um, it's such an easy way for students who want to hear the teacher read it or they don't want to listen to it. They don't have to, which, again, UDL in a nutshell here if you need it and you don't necessarily need it if you don't want to. And then since I'm here, I'll just show you a couple of things. I obviously got the answer wrong. And then there's this too, which is answer explanations, which is like, hey, you got the answer wrong. Here's why the answer was correct. So the same idea for that student who really wants to be like, why did I get that wrong? It's here for them and the student who maybe, again, doesn't care or got the answer right. Like they don't need that, but there's the answer explanations you can have for every question, which is again, so powerful. All right. And I just want to model this too. So instead of audio, you could also put videos of yourself or you could do a YouTube video, but just having this as a potential solution um, to go along with it here. I just know what that one says, but just want to show you that that there's all these really cool little things that really value this. And so this too, same thing It's me reading the question again, but even you can have pictures as options, which I think is super powerful again for ELL, younger students, and you can put the words there again. I think it's, I think just having the ability to do both of these, where I know some other tools, maybe you can do one or the other, but we have the option to do both. These are all just little things that I think could be really powerful if used correctly.
0: And so these are some of my favorites I wanted to show you. And the, you can record you recording yourself, the video of yourself. You do that directly in quizzes, like you don't have to record yourself in another platform, and then upload it to quizzes and so as
2: it stands right now, the audio you can record right there in it, whereas the video you need to include a link to either Google Drive or a YouTube video. Okay. It doesn't have the do built in. But from a student perspective, which I don't know if I included the, let's see, hold on, let's tell me use power up. I don't think let me see if I included this question for the student, where they can record their video right there in the platform. Okay, so oh, you okay. see here. So this is like, uh, I just did audio right? So student. You can record it right in the platform. And also for video, you can record your video right there in the platform. So the students can record it to answer, but as far as you, as a teacher, you need the link.
0: Okay. This just makes it much easier for the student just to be able to record right there and not have to go somewhere else. Cause that's going to create a hassle. And I love, you know, and I, I don't think I really thought about it until you really just mentioned it in some of the other games. Like you were talking about the speed being a factor in gaining points. Well, when you have a student who may have an auditory processing or some kind of processing disorder, they're automatically out of the game almost. Right. <laughs> like j- just from the start, because they know speed's a factor. Or you get that, that student. I think I would have been one where I probably would have gotten answers wrong. Because I was trying to be so fast rather than accurate, and really, what is it more about? We want students to be accurate with their information. Fast doesn't necessarily matter, you know, right off the bat.
1: I like it as far as math is concerned. You know, you're asking questions, and they have to read it. And I mean, I guess we could say this: this is why "quote unquote" math tests are bad. Like now, everything's all paragraphs. What if you're a bad reader? And what I'm, And I understand, you know, there's the ability to go through a word problem. But then there's also the ability to understand multiplication and um, and if i give you a word problem about multiplication and you get it wrong did you get it wrong because you don't understand multiplying or did you get it wrong because you don't understand you know the concept of the reading that you have to get through so <clears throat> that's awesome and then kyle something you hit home or hit home with me when you first started talking about udl and i guess it was maybe when charlotte was born <laughs> you had kind of started to find videos as opposed to make videos and you had a parent say oh what now <laughs> like something to the fact that you're not even really teaching anymore yeah, um, i remember that yeah so <laughs> so but i tell you what and i'm sure so and it stuck with me as well because you know there are times when you can't necessarily make the video each and every time uh but now to to get it in there is a simple way or to just record you know to have your voice in there um to, I, I think it's a personal touch and once again like the those kids know you and you know, the kids, and then to say, and remember, you know, to, to put those little added tips in there. I think that's awesome. A great feature for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, there are times you can use people's videos, but no one knows your kids, like, you know, your kids, right. right. There's definitely that that time for personal touch. So, so that's why I wanted to highlight some of this stuff, because I feel like what I, part of the reason I, I wanted to join the quizzes team is just because I just love their mission and they're super teacher focused. And I've already learned that already in the last couple of months that like, everything they do every feature they add is almost always driven by a teacher need right some teachers said i would really love to ask questions my students then hear me and we said okay we'll do that you know what i mean like it's 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 a ton of listening to what people want and doing our best to meet those needs so it's been really cool
0: and i think well, i've always you know when I, when i first learned about quizzes and i, I guess i didn't hadn't dove in as it i just thought of it as a questioning tool but you know now i i've gone and looked a little more there's you can create your whole lesson in there. You can,
2: yeah. But yeah, you can do lessons in there, which is again a nice way if you really want to do so. And it's a cool feature. And but I think what quizzes does really well, I always say, like, when we have these discussions, like all right, like we do a lot of things. Like, what do we do well? I'm always like mastery. Like, we're so good at helping students master the the content. Um and can, I, can I just tell you about actually my favorite feature I didn't tell you about, yeah. and then I promise. Okay. Oh no, no. So we have we have this feature that i'm on a mission on the quizzes team to tell the world about and shut up from the rooftops because we've had <laughs> it but it, um i don't think a lot of people know about it and it's this, this feature called adaptive learning and again that title itself is it could mean a lot of different things but what it is in a nutshell is like if i have this review quizzes quiz on fractions that's like 30 questions or something like that right i can just choose to assign let's say five questions and everyone in the class gets five of those 30 questions and then it, it's completely uses this algorithm to make sure you as a student like you only basically get new questions the next like you play it again you, you have five new questions and you get new questions or questions you got wrong and you play it again you get mm-hmm. new questions or questions you got wrong because to me as a teacher like a lot of times you'll give us you know 30 questions and they all right play it again and like the, the, the kids like but i i got these 15 questions right do i need to keep doing these questions i know over and over again so it's so targeted where they're only doing new questions or questions they actually need review on. It's like this like amazing thing that we do that I'm trying to make sure that the world knows about because it's just so great for students to only practice what they need to practice.
0: Yeah, and that's huge. I mean, and again, do you need to do 30 questions no. if you got the first 10 right
1: or five right? I okay. I never give a full chapter test because it's what I've noticed early on, it's the same type of question over an, at least in the in the in my past experiences it's the same you know it's how many times do you have to do the same question you know of, on a 40 question that's i i feel like you understand the concept you show it to me bang you're good
0: but especially on a re, like if you're using quizzes for a review or something to sh- you know do i you know either so got or you, you don't and but you can go back and review and you're getting new questions at least that's awesome mm-hmm.
1: And is that yeah. under a different topic? Like there's a homework. Is that a different, a whole nother tab? That's funny you say that. So I'm on a mission
2: to put it as zone separate thing because I think it's so cool and dynamic, but right now it's under like the assigned homework mode. It's just a, a setting that you would okay. turn on. But again, that you're gonna, unfortunately right now it's one of those pro features, um, which is I think part of the reason that people don't know about it. So like I said, listeners will tell you at the end how you can access that. But um, I, I'm on a mission to get everyone to
0: use that the best I can. Uh, yeah. that's. That's huge. I, I had I no idea. Yeah,
2: no. I mean, no one does, and I think it's what sets us <laughs> apart from all the other tools. Because a lot of our tools are also amazing, but to me, this is like because we do mastery. Like, how great is that to have targeted mastery for these students that they only practice what they need? I know it's my favorite out of all the features.
0: All right, so let's let's talk about the you know how people can get a you know few months pro.
2: Yeah, so we, we figured we I, I mean, I want to make this as simple as possible. So there's gonna be a, a link in the description, that'll just be a Google form, and it's just going to ask you for your email. And the only ask that we're asking of you all to get these free couple months of super is just to promote this episode on social media on Twitter, Instagram, things like that. So just let the world know about this episode, if you learn something cool, and we would love to provide you with those couple months, so you can explore everything that quizzes has to offer.
0: And if they uh, do it, they can get the adaptive feature yes I can that out. so that would be pretty awesome all right Kyle, before we start to wrap up anything specific anything else you want to talk about quizzes classroom queue my EdTech bundle <laughs> whatever else I have going on the, the ed tech bracket <laughs> and that, that'll that be March people can look for that again yeah I'll release that early March and that's what's the hashtag for that is it hashtag ed, ed tech madness okay so ed tech madness people can look at that hashtag and Find that in March and get votes in, and would you say twenty thousand about? Yep.
2: Last couple of years, we had a little over twenty thousand votes over the course of a week or so.
0: Let's see if we can get up to 25, 30,000, maybe. That'd be that awesome. sounds
2: like a good goal. Yeah.
0: So yeah, anything else you want to you want to tell us about?
2: No, I would just say to anyone listening, you know, good luck this school year. I know things have been challenging and all that. So I, you can find me on Twitter at Kyle Nemus, K Y L E N I E M I S. So back in help you in any way with Classroom Q, Quizzes, EdTech bundle, or just UDL, whatever. I'm always open to helping, supporting. So please let me know if I can help in any way.
0: And how about quizzes on social?
2: Yep, that's just quizzes, Q-U-I-Z, I-Z-Z. All
0: right. Um, again, no, Kyle, you're always awesome to have you on uh, another great episode and- uh, Hello, Jersey guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't think we ever discussed this. Kyle. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> in jersey giants jets
1: or eagles
2: um i was i grew up giants and jets but if i'd pick one i'd say giants
1: i'm north jersey all right i was going to say if I, my money was going to be on he would be picking giants
0: mm-hmm.
1: I and taylor ham
0: or pork roll Let's
2: see i i kind of go if i had to pick one i'd say i, I whatever order i'd say pork roll egg and cheese
0: all right very good all right you can you <laughs> one out of two, ain't out of two. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll take it <laughs> all right kyle well thank you so much for joining us and uh giving us all that info on udl and quizzes and uh thank you for everything you do always a pleasure
1: yeah. kyle yeah i love being on this thanks guys teach your nerds teach your nerds knocking on your door open up let's take your teaching further than before give it a try don't be shy there's nothing that'll Worst thing that happens, kids get pain on their shoes We're talking teacher
0: nerds. I'm talking teach- We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Teacher Nerds Podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, or anywhere you listen. When you subscribe, be sure to give us a review and tell a friend. Visit us at teachernerds.com, follow us on Twitter at Teachernerds, on Instagram at teachernerds podcast. Or email us, teachernerds at gmail.com. And remember, we're nerds with a Z. Most importantly, thank you for listening and becoming one of the teacher nerds.